podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Deadline Dilemmas ahead of game week nine with Fantasy Football Scout. As always with me, Rich, and I'm joined with Praz for the first time together in what, what is it, three weeks, Praz? Three weeks, man. And you remember the last time we were podding, you were saying it's so hot that you needed air conditioning. Yep. And now here we are where it's so cold where people are turning on their heating. Yeah. What so it's it? been a long time. It's been seasons. I'm trying to remember what my thermometer in the room said, because it says 21 right now, which is actually, we've got the heating up full blast as well. Have you? We, we're still resisting on the heating. Until the clocks change, I have a thing yeah. where I'm not going to turn it on. Well, I'm tight with money. It's not me, believe me, that's putting the heating on. I'd be wrapped in blankets right now if I could. <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoyed last week with, with you and Hibbo. Um, and yeah, we, it's good. Yeah, and we've obviously had a nice long international break with very few injuries. Go on then. What can you tell us about your Vegas trip? <sighs> What's that safe for this? No, not nothing too bad happened. One of my friends got married. Obviously. By Elvis. Just... By Elvis. By Elvis. He he sang nice. three songs. The wedding was eight minutes. And it was it was good fun. It was well worth that worth that like 10, 11 hour flight um for for a very short wedding. Legendary. I'm sure there were some parties around that as well, but you can't disclose what happened. I can't and disclose. as the saying goes, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Exactly. And the worst thing, I did mention it on Scoutcast, but the deadline obviously over there on the West Coast is what, three AM. And I was desperate to go to bed about one. So I actually missed the deadline. But I, I now can feel what the Americans and you know people in Australia feel um, with, the, with those deadlines. Yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible. Not... I mean, over Christmas last year, and this will be the case this year as well for me, I, I'm in the East Coast and uh, it's tough, man. Those 11 o'clock Saturday deadlines, you have to, it'll be like 5 a.m. in the U.S. where you have to wake up and look for leaks and you know it's it's just not nice and i i wish this didn't didn't exist in the game and it's tough for everyone oh, it is i mean you've you live a more jet style jet set lifestyle than i do so you're probably a lot more a lot more used to it <laughs> not these hours i mean i'm usually but, in europe or around europe yeah. but uh yeah it's it's tougher <laughs> it's tougher if you're in australia or the us for sure but yeah but we've got a deadline coming up on on saturday at least um so i i guess should where should we start should we start on one week punts should we start on wildcards so, so what we'll do is we're at that stage in FPL where people are on different strategies, right? So I did a poll yesterday where I was just checking where people are. And I think 50 to 60% of people, I was surprised by this number, have already wildcarded. So what we'll spend, so because Rich and I haven't wildcarded, we're not going to spend our time on one week punts. We will spend some time, but let's first talk about the non wild the people who have already wildcarded what are their dilemmas then we'll come to people like me who are wildcarding in game week 10 maybe rich who are wildcarding in game week 10 so what are the one week punts that they can look at and then we'll spend some time on people who are not looking to wildcard anytime soon and what would they be thinking about at the moment so this would be basically the way we'd split it if you want just tune into the section that applies to you but i would recommend listen to the whole thing because even if you're not wildcarding, you want to hear what people are thinking about as they go into the wildcard because you always want to benchmark to a team similar to other people's wildcard. So that's that was the thinking. Yeah, no, it sounds good. It sounds good. And also, I'm going to need some of your advice as well, Praz, because I'm kind of, like you alluded to there, I'm kind of in the middle ground where I don't know when I'm wildcarding. I did manage to get an injury during the international break. So yeah, I'd maybe talk that out for a little bit as well. That would be... That would Definitely. be really good from a no, we'll do point that. of view. <laughs> Ultimately, this is the idea of this. I mean, I, I know I know people want to get out of it more stuff for their team as well. But the idea is that we always want to talk about our teams if there's something really bothering us. So we'll spend time on your team. What 
can you do this week? Do you need to wildcard this week, next week, or can you hold on? And and yeah, definitely list of that. Let's start with people who have wildcarded though. And the first thing I think that they're debating, and that's not for this week. I think people are very happy with their double Spurs mids this week. But then they're thinking that Spurs' fixtures are getting tougher after next week. Spurs isn't decent hold anywhere. They're going to play once a week. But then you can also spin the narrative the other way and say, you know, Sun is actually coming off on the 70th minute. Every game he looks to be struggling. Do I Am I going to captain him while he's struggling like this? There's no fixture where I'm looking to captain him until maybe Villa in game week 13-14. So question to you, what are your thoughts on people thinking about selling potentially either Sun or Madison or even both to get to a Saka, Mitoma, a Bowen next week? I mean, I'm probably quite, because I haven't gone heavily on spares at all. I've only I've only gone for Son myself because I kind of feel like the window's been missed. As in, I'd, I'd, I'd envy your position because obviously you personally, you've got three spares in, you're then going to wildcard out of it. Yeah. I mean, I would rate Saka so much higher than the Madison definitely after this week, of course, and probably on par or slightly ahead of Son. And he is less, isn't he, Saka? Saka's like lower He's price less. than Son. Oh, yeah. I think it's a million now. Yeah. He's a yeah, million that's, less. That's a huge difference. So, yeah, I would have no problem with someone someone doing it. I, Yeah, I'd, I'd be coming off. I mean, I'd be happy you know, if I had Poro, for example, or a doggy. They're, they're a great rotation player. Like you can As in you can the, keep them. Exactly. I don't think... I know we're not talking about wild cards. I don't think I'd bring one in on a wild card. I don't think I'd bring one in, in this week. Um, if I didn't have my wild card to get them out. But yeah, I would have no problem holding them. They're just kind of, not meh, but you know, incredible fixture this week. Then it's just like, okay, you just roll them out. It reminds me of a Botman kind of style player. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I think so. Although not so hot on Spurs' defence. I mean, I think even against Luton, yes, it was 10 men, but you know, Luton had fair chances. They even scored that disallowed goal. So it wasn't like, you know, it's a rock solid defense, but then you get upside, right? You get upside with the defenders. Both Udogi and Poro are, are good holds, but I'm with you. Look, I think Madison to Saka, there's no comparison. I think I would compare Madison with a Martinelli if you're looking at a side sideways move. And then you would compare a Sun to a Saka. In an ideal world, you have Sun and you have Saka and you have Salah and you have Haaland, but not a lot of wildcard you know, teams that have wildcarded are in that position because they may even have a trip year or their funds would be a little bit more spread out. So it's a tricky one. And I think a lot of people might come to the conclusion that, look, Sun is the one that needs to make way for Saka. Or they might have a view that I'm just going to hold off on Saka because Saka has Sheffield United in 10, but then he also plays Newcastle in, in away in 11. So it's not, you don't have to go for a, a Saka if you, if you don't need to. So... It's a dilemma. And I think we'll talk about this next week when people will be in that position. And we wanted to spend some time on these guys because I think you guys who have wildcarded, you're pretty much rolling this week. So you don't really have many dilemmas. Wait another week, see what happens. But it's good to talk about it because these things are in your mind. I think another dilemma that these people will have is people who have Trippier, who have wildcarded already. Obviously, they did well to have Trippier. But next week from Game Week 10... Again, they have Bulls, which is okay. But after that, the easier fixtures are away and the tougher fixtures are at home. Would you hold Trippier or not? See, this is the this is the tough one. And I think in this game, sometimes you can build an attachment as well that you need to forget about because obviously bought Trippier, he's done incredible, you know, ever since I bought him. 
I would want something to do with the money. I mean, if I could sell Trippier, let's say I'd wildcarded, I could sell Trippier. For some reason, I don't have Salah yet and I can get Salah in even for a hit and that removing Trippier enables it. Yeah, I probably almost certainly would because I think Salah's got this window now and we talked about the window with Trippier, Botman, all of that lot, didn't we, a few weeks ago? I mean, all, all in that lead up to, what was it, game week five, game week six when yeah, we were games. looking at them? Yeah, six. Yeah, so... And I mean, there there could be this move to Simicast, not to jump ahead too much, but you know, you could free up a lot, free up a lot of money. So I don't hate it. In an ideal world, like you said, with the midfielders, I'd, I'd happily have Trippier, I'd happily have Trent, but it's, it's the money. Yeah. Because he's also such an annoying price because you can't go straight from him to Trent because there's a, there's a big gap and obviously you'll be using more money. Robertson's now been eliminated because he's probably the only player in the same kind of bracket you might consider, you know, with these incredible fixtures. Nice try, but yeah, not. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. Well, even Van Dyke, for example, I wouldn't do trip yeah, yeah, here yeah. to Van Dyke. It's not freeing up enough, enough money. Maybe I would, but no, I don't think I would. I mean, this is the thing with trip here. A lot of people look at wildcard teams or non-wildcard teams, and they see them thinking about selling trip here. He's a great player. I mean, he's the best defender in the game, and he was in game week one as well. But not everybody started with him for the same reason, where you have to balance out the times when you want Trippier. You have to try to catch the halls. And there is a school of thought that after Crystal Palace at home, which is an amazing fixture this week, maybe, maybe you can, you can. And where Arsenal have good fixtures, Liverpool have good fixtures, City are always are decent. So if you're holding Haaland, you hold Haaland. And then you have Watkins as well, who's now the second highest or the second most expensive forward in the game. Just can't have everyone. So you have to make a sacrifice somewhere. And if your sacrifice is a Watkins and you, you go for a cheap Solanke, fine, keep Trippier if you want. But I think a lot, it's also okay to think about selling Trippier if you need to fund a big hitter midfielder who you may even think of captaining or has huge upside and maybe that same upside doesn't exist with Trippier in the next five or six game weeks. I think after game week 16, 17, people will again be thinking about Trippier. I think that's a good point you make about other teams and the fixtures they've got because, I mean, I guess something happened when the Newcastle fixtures turned those weeks ago. There wasn't really any other defences or teams to target. And now we've got, like, Arsenal. I mean, we were even on Scoutcast, we were we were looking at the Villa fixtures for someone like Cash, for example. And you look at those, but then the Arsenal fixtures, you know, are just as good well they're probably better because Arsenal are a better team yeah so I guess it's relative to other positions as well but it would be a really reluctant sell and I'd want a clear like plan what I'm doing with the money I wouldn't just sell Trippier for the for the sake of it yeah but maybe Agreed. someone's got Morris and they can get Morris up to Watkins for example although I wouldn't do that for a hit and I certainly wouldn't sell Trippier this week you could build a whole oh, narrative yeah we're not around... talking about selling him this no. week I mean this no. week I mean he's Probably the fifth, sixth best pick in the game this week uh, because, you know, Crystal Palace looked pretty toothless without Eze. Obviously, they can score, but Newcastle are at home. Trippier should get a lot of set pieces. You know, his assist threat is always there. He needs to sort of just get one thing, either it's clean sheet or an attacking return to be in the bonus. I think it's a good, very, very good game. I mean, if you're on a free hit, you'd 100% have Trippier this week. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And, and Trent, I guess, as well. But I suppose, yeah, next week people are going to, that's when they're going to probably roll. And then we're going to have that probably this whole discussion again about selling Trippier. Correct. And who for. I wonder if it's even worth moving moving Trippier to Botman or, or Cher. Or do you think the, the bad fixtures still apply there and you'd rather go to Gabriel or 
I think you have now enough cheap defenders in the game. We haven't talked about Simikas. We'll talk about him in a second. Yeah. But you have double Arsenal, even triple. You could you have Saliba, you have Zinchenko, you have Gabriel, all under 5.2 million. Saliba might even drop this week. I hope he doesn't. I need his sale value. But uh, you have three of those guys under 5.2. You have Cash still at 5.1. Cash is still good value at 5.5. I mean, if he goes up. So I don't think that's a problem for his attacking threat for a short period of time. I don't think Cash is a season keeper, but for a short period of time, good. While he plays Luton, Nottingham Forest and Fulham. Then you have Estupinan if he's back fit. Again, around 5.1, 5.2. You have Simikas. You have uh, Gehi, you know, the Crystal Palace guys. I think... You don't have to have a Newcastle defender. But if you have them, again, second or third best defence in the league. So there's never a problem having a Newcastle defender. No. And who would be your pick if you had to bring... Let's say you've still got Estepinian or something and you've already wildcard. Again, I don't know if that's possible. I mean, I suppose someone could have wildcarded earlier. Yep. Like, what defender would you target for the for the longer term? Because you obviously mentioned Cash there. Obviously, his fixture this week is not incredible, West Ham at home. it's It's okay. Then okay. you've got the three incredible ones and then it does really turn. So who would you go for for the long-term pick? Because it's almost too early for Arsenal as well. Uh, if you were wildcarding this week, you're saying? No, so if you just were using a free transfer this week and you've already already wildcarded. I mean, I would not... If you had to get one, I would just get an Arsenal defender now. I mean, if you don't have one. It's Chelsea, it's fine. Because I know that you definitely want at least one Arsenal defender going forward. So if you don't have any Arsenal, I guess you could also go Simikas. I think it's a good question. And I think this is, you know, we could talk about him now. Robertson's out. And I think we don't know yet. These things, sometimes people say 10 weeks and it turns out four weeks. Because I think the 10 weeks assumption is that he needs surgery, I think. And the four or five weeks one is that it's just a dislocation and it, you know, is popped back in and then he's ready for action in four or five weeks. I'm not a medical expert, but that's what I'm reading. So if it's four or five weeks, then... Maybe Simikas you don't have to go for. And I will, you know, we will evaluate this in game week 10 if we have to. I also want to see there's these rumors that Liverpool might play a Gomez or, you know, uh, an Endo or somebody like that who plays almost like a, uh, you know, like a centre-back and Trent can completely invert. Every fan that I've spoken to, every sort of fan that is active on Twitter is of the opinion that Simikas will start. And so I think Simikas will start. So if you wanted to punt this week, it's a little risky because if he doesn't start Everton, suddenly now you have a problem. But I would personally like to wait. But if he starts this week and if he doesn't start Europa League, I think Simikas is fantastic. The one thing that worries me with him is obviously we we might find out that he starts. But for, for long term, I could see him ending up being like a Rico Lewis or, or, that, or that kind of player again where you think he's got this big upside, but will he start? He obviously has a much clearer route to the first team than than someone like Rico Lewis. Somebody did a thread on Twitter today. 15 games Robertson has missed in the last three years. Simikas has started 15 of those games. He was taken off on the 59th minute, 58th minute on two of them. But he is he's there for a reason. He's there as a backup. And I would think... The assumption should be that he starts, not that maybe he doesn't. It's different from Rico Lewis. Rico Lewis had like two people above him and it turned out that we heard he starts. But then when John Stones went out, you thought, okay, maybe Walker goes out and then Rico becomes a little bit more of a permanent. This guy's always been the guy. And was what this... I would say... Sorry. So I was just going to say, was it before... Because obviously they've been playing a, sl- a different formation this season where Robertson has been tucking in, you know, as a, as a left centre-back. 
obviously what gave him value was well set pieces yeah so can Simakas be trusted in the in the same role or could Klopp you know change things up if they you know if they lose against Everton or or something fair I mean this is why I think we this is why I wouldn't advise getting Simakas this week necessarily mm. unless the, even with the leak it's dangerous because like you said maybe he doesn't start the next game I would personally if if I'm wildcarding in ten or if I'm buying him in ten. And this is where most people are, uh, I think, because people are saving this week. So even the non-wildcarders will get another week to evaluate. I think wait a week. If he starts against Everton, you you go there. But I would say he shouldn't be a third defender. He should probably be a fourth rotating defender where he starts. But if you end up in a position where he's suddenly benched for two games, you don't have to transfer him out. You can live with it for a couple of weeks because you have a Gehi or a Botman or a Colwell, somebody who you can at least play and it's not an emergency transfer and i guess if he blocks a spot he's blocking a liverpool spot and liverpool players are expensive aren't they like generally they're they're expensive so it's probably not the worst position to block i also wanted to touch on because obviously some of robertson's value well like i said was set pieces so does that then boost trent or saboslai or you know it'd be interesting to see where you know where those corners go in in particular because he was at the start of the season taking them at both both corners as well so Simikas does take set pieces, but I think you're right that maybe he doesn't bomb forward as much. Maybe Robertson, he trusts more and, and sort of Klopp says, Simikas, you be a little bit more constrained than you usually are because we're playing a different setup now. Could be possible. And I think, yeah, one to monitor. I think Sabosla is interesting and Trent is very interesting if he's taking more set pieces. But we were talking about Trent earlier where I just find it difficult because Sabosla is taking a lot of direct free kicks and he's good at it. Mm. He's also... I don't want to say not getting as further forward because he's always got that diagonal pass in him to to make that assist like he did for England against Australia. I mean, he didn't get the assist, but he passed to Grealish who passed to to Watkins. And uh, so he's got that. But again, it comes down to price, man. I mean, if I'm getting Trent, then I'm not getting Saka or Sun or Watkins. I just need them. So I just think Simikas is right there. Just punt it. I mean, it's overthinking, I think, if you think if you go for a trend instead of a Simicast, of course it can pay off. But I think it's worth it. Yeah, I suppose if Simicast continues to, let's say he starts and then he continues to start and you're sat there with Trent, I think it's going to be very hard to get value out of Trent over Simicast because you're going to have to have Trent, you know, hauling considerably over Simicast to, to make that worthwhile. But Or, or playing the minutes and Simicast gets 55 minutes some games or something like that. Well, that, Which yeah, is possible. That's, that's the other thing. Will he play, even if he starts, will he play the full? full game but it's enticing i can see it's really really enticing but it's also easier games right rich i mean it's it's not like they have difficult games in this period like they have no difficult games for the foreseeable future no so do you really need a controlling third center back when you'll have all the ball all the possession that's true and we've seen before um sorry we've seen this season liverpool about mid-table for xg conceded but i guess something on that is they've had quite tough games and they've played with like men down, like not just one man down. They played a game, you know, with two men sent off. Yeah, three times, three yeah. times so far. So there, there is also that. So I feel like their defense is actually quite good. And I've seen, you know, a lot of people who keep models together have Liverpool very high for defensive data. So I'm, I'm, I think, I think Liverpool clean sheets are coming, and people will be surprised. I mean, it's just the fixtures. People look at Everton's data, right? And they say first eight game weeks, Everton's defensive data has been incredible. Well, they had bloody good fixtures. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, they had good data. So, I think Liverpool's will be the same. I think they'll have next eight game weeks, they'll have one of the best defensive datas. 
because that's just how it is when you keep 70% of the ball. Well, Everton have had good, good attacking data as well. So <laughs> back Correct. both Surprise. ends of the pitch because of that. Yeah. But yeah. So, yeah, and I think uh, I see in the chat, Regulion is another shout Danny's made. Uh, I, I agree. I think for Man United, 4.4, he's back fit. I think he's going to start this weekend. I mean, we're, I don't even want to say blessed, but there's so many enticing attacking defenders at the moment that it just makes it very tempting to go for a cash, a Gabriel, Regulion, Simicas, and then maybe add a fifth one like a Gehi or... You know, even you, a Pau Torres. Would you so prefer many options. Regulon to Dallo, for example? It's price. 0.5 is a lot. Yeah, no, it's true. Dallo's, Dallo's definitely better, both for bonus and for attacking potential. Now, actually, Regulon is also attacking, but for nailedness, because if Casemiro's back, Amrabat can play left back, even though it's not good if he does that, but he can. So it's just better, and Regulon is very injury-prone as well. So I wouldn't recommend it, but if he's fit, you know, Man United actually have very good fixtures after Man City. So I know people get triggered if I if we talk about Man United too much, but he's 4.4. It's not like you're you're getting a Bruno instead of a Madison or a Rashford instead of a Sun. You're just basically getting a fifth fifth defender who has good fixtures 11, 12, 13. Surely this is the week we can safely talk about Man United because obviously Sheffield United away. Sheffield United as well have got loads of injuries. Like, so not they only do. have they been bad, but they've got a lot of injuries, like probably more they than do. most this teams. Is the week. Good transition to your team. Let's go to, let's now go to people. So we've talked about people who have wildcarded. So let's talk about now people who are looking to wildcard now or anytime soon. So let's get to your team and talk about your, your Man United. Uh, well, you've got Bruno. Oh, I thought you had two. Oh, yes. Yeah, so you no. sold Rashford for Sun. Yeah, I've yeah I've only got only got Bruno in my team. Um, okay, and I realize my team does look a little different to others. I mean, to be honest, I don't think it's that different. I just think obviously I, my defenders are a bit weird. I think everything else is quite normal. Well, this is the story of if if you followed Flapjack for a while, uh, you know that his defenders are generally a bit weird. But that's how, that's how he plays, and you're doing well. Yeah, it's it's starting to catch up with me now. And the, the defenders we've just been talking about, they're obviously all going to be popular players to bring in. And I think they're all really good options. Um, I just wonder if Robertson being injured is like a blessing in disguise for me. Because obviously I've got Robertson, Trippier, Walker, then Lewis and a Stupinan. So I've only got two fit starters. I've got Rico Lewis, who, to be honest, it looks like he's not going to play. Because Rod- you've got Rodri back, for example. Mm. So I, I was quite bold earlier in the week and I had Lewis in my team. And then I've, I've become quite aware it's probably a very unlikely start. So... Obviously, being able to sell Robertson, say I did Robertson to Simicast, that would clear up like two million to spend. Do I then see that as a blessing that I've managed to, you know, get Robertson for for cheaper? But then everyone else has jumped on as well. Yeah, but what? First, let's let's step back. You are happy with your front seven because you know, obviously, you've got Morris, who's okay, who's fine. But you know, if you look at clean sheet odds, uh, you know. Forrester up there. So he's not expected to do amazingly. You got Sterling, who's Arsenal at home. Again, he's fine. Have are you at all firstly tempted to wildcard this week? Or were you tempted to wildcard this so week? So part of the reason it looks weird is my original plan was like a four five one slash three five two. And obviously all the defenders have just yeah, it's it's destroyed that idea. Um right, right. I, I looked at I did look at a couple of wildcards and I just didn't like it. I I didn't know how many Spurs to go for. I mean, at the moment, to be honest, I've only got only got one. I didn't really know what goalkeeper to look at. It was the same reason I didn't actually go last week because I quite liked having Pickford. 
Mm. I'm, I'm quite happy with Turner at home to Luton, even though I've I've then got Morris. Um, so no, no, I'm not. I'd I want to go quite heavily on Liverpool when I do wild card. It's true. I don't know if Darwin's going to be if Darwin's going to start. I mean, maybe some Liverpool news on you know Saturday morning could push me to it because you know I could triple up on Liverpool somehow. Ten o'clock wild card. Well, yeah, and I'm doing the deadline stream as well, so it's probably <laughs> probably, probably not. <laughs> I'm definitely the best tuning idea. into that if you're wild carding. Uh, but okay, look, I, I I agree with you, and this was the reason why wild card either made sense in eight or now in 10, mm. because this week you will be in that dilemma. Like, you'll have to sell Trippier. Like, at home to Crystal Palace, you have him. You'll have to sell him, or you may want to sell him, and then get a Bowen who's away to Villa. It just doesn't make as much sense this week to wildcard, and then you get one more week of info. So let's now work towards this. Second question. Would you look to wildcard next week, or do you want to delay it longer? So I was thinking absolutely not on Monday, Tuesday. I'm starting, I think I'm getting a bit of FOMO. I'm starting to look at players people are looking at and I'm starting to think, yes. But the only reason I'd do it is because I really want Salah. Because because the Arsenal fixture's gone, I'm, I'm kind of down now on selling Haaland for a hit to get Salah, which probably wasn't the best idea anyway. I also need to fix quite a lot of defenders. And I started okay. looking at, if I do Robertson, Robertson out to Simicass, I've got two million. I still don't have enough to get Son or Bruno up to up to Salah. Yeah. Then I need to free up more money, so I might sell Trippier. Um, then I do have the money, but then I've still got Morris in my team and I've still got a stupid now and I've still got Lewis. My goalkeeper rotation's bad. So... I don't want to... <laughs> I think you should wildcard next week. There's I also mean... part of me, just to give the counterpoint to it, there's part of me that thinks if I just fix these defenders over the next, you know, two or three weeks and, and ignore Salah, I probably can fix it. But it's not just the defenders. Look at your front eight. Or ignore Archer. Front seven. Yep. When I will wildcard next week, I will only have Haaland, maybe Sun, out of that seven. So you, it's fine. I mean, all these... Okay, actually, I'll have Saka. Saka as well. Yeah, yeah, okay. So three. But my point is, Sterling is okay, but his fixtures are terrible. Mbumo is okay, but, you know, we've seen what Brentford are doing. I know Review likes him and, you know, Mbumo is still popular. You know, Bruno plays Man City next week. So it's I'm almost thinking you're not gonna have the Villa guys that you know the, the field will have. Again, you may say I don't care, Villa is only good for three weeks, but you have no Villa here. You could get a cash maybe for Robertson, but no Villa attackers. You have no Bowen, you have no Mitoma if you wanted next week. So as in there's there's many players and you have no Watkins. So there's many players that you could think of getting. And you are not only fixing the issues in defense, you're also not catching up with people if you wanted to go there. So it's a question to you. How much do you value Villa and Mitomas and, and Bowens of this world? I think that's the thing. Because I, I think, I mean, I've been happy to ignore Spurs and I've got quite lucky that I've only had one Spurs. And that was only very, very recently that I, that I got Son in. So I think if I, if I avoided wildcard, yeah, I'd have to ignore Villa to start with because I'd start targeting Arsenal. Not this week. I'll probably bring in Simicast this week or Poro potentially. Um, but then I'd have to start targeting, yeah, the Arsenal defenders unless Estepinian's back. Then if Estepinian was suddenly back, I've got Saka and Estepinian, which a lot of other people don't have. 
So then I'm because kind Shukunyan of... is fit, but we don't know that. I mean, he could take yeah. another two weeks. No, he could. And I, I'm going to assume he's probably going to be a little while and he's a bit of a rotation risk. But I guess there is the counterpoint that I do have players that other people might want. I mean, it's only it's only two players. Um, and in the meantime, I'll still have Trippier, for example. But yeah. I am leaning a lot more towards wildcard in, in game week 10. There's just this allure of if I can just keep it, you know, for the blank in 18. Because I feel like if I wildcard next week... I'm, I then feel like after just a couple of weeks, I'm going to be thinking about the blank, as in that's going to be in all of our thinking, you know, game week 12, 13, the nearer and nearer it gets. Yeah, but the blank for me, I'm not too worried because I'll have just Haaland from City in my wildcard and I won't have any Brentford. So I'm going to be planning to bench Haaland. Uh, you know, if, if, I, if I have the luxury at the time that I have, you know, two free transfers and I have nothing to do with them, then yeah, Holland will go and become Watkins or Isak because they have great fixtures in game week 18. Or two weeks into it, if I see that this team is doing perfectly fine and I don't want to change much, I could even think about free hit in game week 18. So I think what I mean is there's enough things to worry about than not... I mean, holding the wildcard just for the blank, to me, doesn't is not a good enough reason. No, I suppose it's the double as well because... I would like to be somehow in that double with, you know, a lot of Brentford players, um, or at least two Brentford players, and then obviously three Man City. But then, I, yeah, I get what you're saying, because I guess people could just do, I could just do a big hit if I don't have a wild card. I Everyone will hit. have three Man City, I can assure you, because people will bench Haaland, and then you have two weeks yep. till the double, because 18 to 20. Everybody will plan to have double City, unless there's like a injury crisis but even if you have, in defence, if you have an injury crisis, you get Diaz. If you have in midfield, you get a Foden or a De Bruyne if he's fit by then. Because people will have Salah money floating around after game week 19 because he's off to AFCON. So getting anybody is not really a problem after the blank. I think it's more about the, the if you're okay now, then you're getting ahead of the curve if things don't work out. You know, like if Villa completely bomb the next three weeks, you have an advantage because Mbumo is still a good player. Bruno has great fixtures and everybody else has lost faith. There is that upside, I get it. But I also think logically there's a lot that you could give up as well if you don't wildcard. Yeah, I just feel like, I mean, I don't hate the team as 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 much as, you know, you look at it and it's a, it's a little different. And I get what you're saying about, yeah, Sterling does have really bad fixtures. If I was going to have a Chelsea player now, it would almost certainly be Palmer. And I could probably try and, you know, hide him as a first sub you know, several several weeks as well. So, yeah, I'm leaning more towards it. I'm on like probably pushing towards 50-50 right now. Okay. Well, this will de- determine your transfer because if it's one week punt, then for me, then Robertson to share or Poro is your punt because that's mm. the best fixture on paper. Poro may be more so, but then, See, I know. think either way, I'm going to have to do it. Well, I'm definitely going to have to do a defender transfer. And I think hold nest opinion regardless is going to be okay because obviously if I you know if we get news after this week he's he's fit and then I'm decided not to wild card I've got a Brighton player yeah um so yeah Robertson's almost certainly going to go and then it's yeah it's just a case of who like like you say I mean I guess Simicast would be more tempting as a one-week pump because I could just wild card out of it if he doesn't play well or if he gets injured although to be honest I couldn't see a world where I don't actually have him I think I'd have him as my fifth defender if I was on wildcard next week, though. I think that's the. I know you said about having him as, as fourth, for example. Yeah. I think I'd almost want him as my fifth because I feel like, to re- mention Rico Lewis again, I've seen what it's like having a, you know, a defender you can't trust. 
you'll trust uh, Simicast, man. Believe in the Greek god. I mean, he. I, I get it. I think him every week. Even if he's your fifth defender, there'll be no fixture in the next five, six weeks where you'll, except for the Man City one, where you'll say, I don't want to play him unless he gets two benchings and then people will look to sell him anyway. So, I I don't know. I, I'm a little bit more optimistic on it. But uh, that's where you are. So, another defensive defensive transfer for you? Yeah, I think it's like... Gonna, when I do it, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be five out of eight that I've, that, that I've done. So... Yeah, it's not, it's not it's not very exciting, but and that, I guess that's another reason I could wildcard just so I can freshen things up a bit because my structure is strange to to say the least. But should we go to, to be to... honest? The, the, yeah, the, the the season that we're having, the, all the defensive injury, all the injuries are coming in defense, like the big ones, you know, James Shaw, Roberts. I can think of so many defenders that Estupinian that we've lost because of just random injuries, and and it's important high owned defenders. Yeah, and poor Reese James. I've, I've yeah. just put on screen the the one week punt graphic that eleven eleven of five put together. I think if we just look at that quickly, and then we we'll go to your team, and then yeah, so so this will apply to a lot of people. And uh, what I am looking at, if if you're wildcarding in game week ten, um, I think the first thing to say say is if you're looking for a one week punt, you have to think about your weakest spot. So in your case, it's Robertson. In my case, it's probably Sterling. We'll come to my team. So then you start from there. And for me, the best fixture on this, if you look at 11FI's chart, the team that's expected to score the most goals is Liverpool. So if you can nail down, if you get a leak, you know who's starting. I think Jota should start, to be honest. He got two two sub-appearances uh, over the break. He was in Europe, so in the same, same time zone. If he's starting up top, he, he's, he's a go, I think, uh, if you can get to him. Then I think the next one is Man City 2.5. But then after Haaland, you don't really know who's starting. And then Brighton is decent. So for goals, I think you have Spurs, Man City, Liverpool as the teams that you can get to. But these are also expensive teams. So not many people have money lying around to get to these guys. What next is the question in terms of teams who are looking, you know, are are expected to score goals. So you have Newcastle 1.9. You have Arsenal 1.5. Sorry, Man United 1.9. And... Then you have Brentford 1.7, which is expected goals. And that's about it. After that, everybody's in the 1.5-ish category. And then it comes to comes down to the the player within the team, not the team itself. Yeah, it's scary seeing Liverpool that high as a as a as a non non-salary fit owner like like you are yourself. I, I like the Jota show actually. Is is that someone you're thinking of? For, I know we haven't got to your team yet. Is that someone I you're ha- I can't get to him. I'm I'm point two short. So I I would I have seven point four. I think Jota seven point six. I would have gone to Jota for sure. I think I will look at Gibbs White as the guy in that price bracket, or I'm looking at Gordon as well. Um, if he's starting, but Gibbs White has just set pieces, penalties. I just think Luton at home, you just chance it, right? Because when you have more possession against a team like Luton, you get more free kicks. You get more you know, a chance of a penalty because you're in the box a lot more. So I like that as as a one-week punt for myself. But I think Gordon is good. Even people are looking at a Huang from, from Wolves in that midfield bracket. And then if you don't have Mbumo, I think it's a good it's a good week, even though you, if you don't have faith in him, I think it's a good week to have him. Man United mids, I think, are amazing for this week if you can get to them, but they're expensive. And Hoyland, up front, if people hear news, that Alvarez isn't starting or Darwin isn't starting. A one-week punt for Hoyland is actually pretty good as well. 
yeah, I like I like that a lot actually. It just it just shows how much everything hinges on on Liverpool, and if we get any news, doesn't it, on on Saturday morning or even on on Friday night? Because like you say, Hoyland would be a great punt, but then if you know Darwin's going to start, you're not going to go for Hoyland over Darwin. Correct. Um, even though we know Darwin generally, he's not going to get ninety minutes, is he? But with Liverpool at two point six goals as well. I mean, I'm quite envious because there are a lot of good punts this week. I like the Gibbs White one that you mentioned, being able to get you know that cheap penalty taker. Um, and that that looks a lot of fun. But ha- but me personally, and a lot of others, are having to look at yeah defensive transfers. Um, and that, then I guess you look at the clean sheet odds. And actually, what surprised me here is I think it was Newcastle were, were top on on forty eight percent chance of a clean sheet. So that that could be a punt as well, couldn't it? To go for share. This is why I said I think Shearer or Poro are the two best after Trippier this week. I think. Do you think over a Man United defender? I've seen a lot of models do like, um, you know, Man United Dallow in particular. Yeah, over Dallow, simply because it's an away game. Casemiro's out, even though Amrabat will play, so it's not as big of a loss. But we just have a lot of problems. I mean, Varane is not fit. Uh, sorry, Martinez is not fit, so you could have you know Maguire play there. Um, Shaw is not there, so Regulion might play there. They're all okay. But I don't trust our defense. I mean, I would definitely trust over Dallow, a Poro or a Share. Okay, I'm I'm surprised as well how high Man City are here because I know mm. I know obviously they're the best defense in the league. That's that's clear. But 42 percent against Brighton, and I know it's at the you know they're at home, but still that seems that seems high to me. <laughs> this is the difference between a team strength model and what Rob T does, which is the market odds, right? So I'm mm. pretty sure the market odds. For Man City, clean sheet will be lower because people think you know Brighton are a good team. But I think when you look at team strength, you look at underlying data, you look at possession, you look at all the good stuff that City will have more of the ball. But yeah, I agree with you. I have Diaz, you have Walker. I'm not too optimistic on a clean sheet. No, nor am I. And I don't want to be refreshing pages to see if Rico Lewis starts so I can start double <laughs> double City defence because, because of this. Why not? But... That'll allow you a midfield punt if he does. Yeah, I mean, it would. It would. Yeah. All on the F5 on, on Saturday morning. Um, do you think we've covered most of the punts before we go to, to your team? I mean, I know obviously there's there's a lot, but it just seems to be dominated by Liverpool. You could go Bowen. I mean, I, I could go Bowen, but he's away to Villa. I don't love it. You could go Diaby. Um, so there are a lot of between six to eight million punts in the game. And it's one week variance, man. I mean, anyone could do well. And it's one of those weeks where I've talked about all these guys. Two of these guys will get a 10-15 pointer. Two of them will blank and two will just get five points. But no. there's no way to know which one. It no. is what it is. It's, it's so true. It's so true. And I like the Bowen one, actually, for someone who's not looking at a wild card. It's not a one-week punt. That could be one just good for yeah. you know, many weeks to come. It's one FPL mode went for that I'm actually really jealous of. Uh, he's gone for Bowen, is it? He's got Bowen. Yeah, he went last week and got Bowen. Um that's another thing that tempts me with with game week ten wildcard as well. Just being able to to copy mode and get get Bowen. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what he's thinking next week? He's he's selling Sun and Madison for Mitoma and Saka. I think that's what I that's what he posted on Twitter. Yeah, I saw that. I, I, yeah, I really like that. That's really taking that because I think a lot of people, like I said about being attached to Trippier. I guess Madison's another one you could be quite attached to if you've owned him since game week one and. He's not done anything wrong, but yeah, being able to be harsh and just get rid of these players when the fixtures turn. Indeed. I, I think it's the way to go. But Agreed. If I load up your team, Praz. Mine is actually pretty straightforward, so I'm going to read it out. Um, 
I have got uh, Turner in goal as well, like yourself. I've got Ruben Diaz in defense and Trippier and Pedro Poro. So I'm happy with Trippier and Poro. I think great week for both of them. Uh, then Madison and Sun, very, very happy with them. Rashford, we talked about. I think I'm hopeful that Sheffield United away brings some joy. Uh, in Bumo, I'm happy with this week. Probably the last week that I have all five of these guys. Maybe I'll keep Sun, but I won't have these guys. But Sterling will become... Gibbs White or Gordon or Bowen or Diaby or all the others that I talked about. Uh, and then Alvarez and Haaland. I'm not really worried about Alvarez starting, but we'll see. I can also go Alvarez to Hoyland if this, you know, if Pep says tomorrow Alvarez isn't ready. Although given it's Brighton, I do expect Alvarez to start because you need that pressing pressing from the top, which, you know, Haaland doesn't do as well as Alvarez does and you need that. So I think he'll start. Um so yeah, it's quite straightforward actually. Sterling to to any of those guys. I'm quite envious. I mean, you you obviously pre-plan this for many weeks, as as you do. You know, this team looks good this week, and then you, then you wild card. Can yeah. I just ask though? Like, I mean, you said to me, would I be tempted to wild card in ten? Is there a route where you could avoid wild carding, or is there just no interest at all? I mean, you could do the Son of Madison to Matoma move that you talked about a second ago, Matoma and Saka. I could do that, but look. Here's the thing. Um, of this team that you see on this page, I will have only Archer and Haaland for sure. That's it. So not even, in my you game week even 10. Rashford? No. So in my game week 10 wildcard, so if I fundamentally believe that I will be, and maybe Sun. Sun is a maybe because that will be a decision that wildcarders will need to make next week. I'm talking three players out of 12, 15. So I'm changing 12 players and they're legitimate players because of a fixture swing or because of you know me just wanting a Salah, for example. I just think it's the right time. And honestly speaking, we should not think about the wildcard as does your team need it? Because when you will think about, or if, maybe not you, let's take somebody else who's looking to wildcard in 18, a lot of players will say, look, I can get to this team as well. I mean, it's there's no rocket science here. Yes, your team will have maybe five players from City and 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 Brentford, but others will turn around and say, I've got three City, you've got two extra Brentford who are playing City for the double. I don't need that. I'm happy with my other guys who are also performing. So I just don't think there'll be any point in the season where as engaged managers, our team will come to a stage where there's seven players that you don't like. So you have to play the fixture swing a little bit more. So yeah, I, I, I think this team is ready for a wildcard. I don't think it needs it. My strategy in the wildcard will be to get the most expensive players, basically collect my funds, get Salah, get Haaland, get Sun, get Saka, get Watkins. If I get all these five, these are the most expensive players in, in attack. You get all these value defenders, which we have a lot in the four to five million price bracket, and then take it from there because all these guys have good fixtures. And then if Salah is not great after game week 16, sell him. If Sun is still injury prone, sell him for whoever you want because the money is there. It's collected. I can then get to who I want. At least that's the thinking. But I do get other people who can get to Salah a little bit easier to say, look, I'm going to hold off. And that's also okay. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think you were going to change your mind um, from for me saying that. But I just I look at your team and um, to, be, to be honest, your defenders look really good because let's say you didn't have a wild card. You could do like Ruben Diaz or Porro to an Arsenal defender. Or an Estupinian or... Yeah, uh, cash exactly, and then you've got the cheap Kabore defender. You know, people have now got Charlie Taylor, for example, on on wild card. But I mean, it's the same thing, isn't it? You're just slightly, the fixtures aren't as good. You'd hope to never play him. 
But yeah, it's a good point you make. And yeah, I guess anytime you wildcard, you're going to have people that say, oh, I've got this team and I've just done a minus four. I guess that's always going to happen. It's true. And look, yeah. I'll turn it around. I'll say it another way. You know who's the bottom of the fixture ticker from game week 10 to 18? It's Luton. So Luton being bottom of the fixture ticker means that they are playing the big teams. Yeah. So you want to wildcard and make sure you are targeting a Luton and a Sheffield United and a Burnley as optimally as possible over the next six to eight weeks. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm going to have Saka when he plays Sheffield United. I don't know how I'll get to him here. I want to have basically Salah when he plays Luton later. I want to have Watkins when he plays Luton later. So these are the things that make me think that these fixtures are just so good. Get these players and then figure out the 18 and beyond later because I'm less worried about the blank as as things stand now. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It makes sense. It's just a frustrating thing with, with teams like Luton and Sheffield United because it feels like it's very hard to triple up against these teams because you don't have enough time or enough transfers to to properly attack them. It's just, a, it's just a weird season. It feels very different to previous ones. Yeah, it's true. It's, I think it's, it's a function of having nine, ten good teams, great teams, very good. And I include Bright, you know, Brighton, West Ham, Villa in that, in addition to the seven good teams that we know. And then you have six bad teams. So we have a little bit, you know, a big disparity where suddenly you have players that you don't have are playing these 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 teams. And then you're just wishing that Madison doesn't do well against Sheffield United or Saka doesn't do well against Luton. And it's that's just, that's just the season. No, it is. But I think... I think that's us done then, the Praz. Unless you've got anything else we want to discuss. I think we're done. We've got longer than usual, right? Yeah, we have a little bit, actually. <laughs> yeah. And my, my my kids just came from the other room and said, can you keep it quiet? So I think I, I, think I should go quiet. <laughs> actually, I saw you looking right. I didn't realise yeah. that. All right. Well, I, I guess we're head off then. Um, but yeah, <laughs> deadline's what? 11am? I should know this. 11am on Saturday, UK time. Indeed. Good luck to everyone. I think most people are looking to hold, but... Watch out for the press conferences. There can be some googlies thrown tomorrow. But uh, yeah, hopefully everybody can save and then Game Week 10 will be very interesting. Perfect. And I will see you next week. See you next week.